0: Amber. and I'm Leslie and you're listening to the, the girlmaster Hello. Hello, friend.
1: Sorry, it glitched.
0: (laughs) I was waiting. (laughs) It did glitch. It sounded funny when you said hello. Did it? (laughs) Cool, cool.
1: It did. Oh, great. We're going to do great tonight. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, there was something that I thought about that I thought about bringing up, unless you have something, Leslie. No, no, I've got nothing. So now that we're sharing the editing, uh, there's something that I noticed. What? I have a laugh like the very beginning of the Spice Girls song, Wannabe. (laughs) (laughs) I compared it. I listened to a laugh that I heard over recording, and then that one, and everyone has different laughs. You know, obviously there's like the, ha-ha, this isn't funny, but I want to make you stop talking laugh. There's the, holy shit, this has never been funnier laugh. And one of my laughs is the opening of Wannabe, and I'm pretty sure it's because they you know shaped my life and i just probably mirrored that laugh without even realizing it
0: so you've got Mel B's laugh if huh? she ever
1: needs a stand in i am here <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh my word i apologize that's no, okay Hi. that was me sorry yeah no you can st- i'm sure you can stand in for scary spice for multiple things
1: i <laughs> i mean i would love to i love the spice girls i Um, would love to be any Spice Girl. I don't think it really matters. I would change it all for them.
0: When you were a kid and you were playing Spice Girls, who were you? Which, which Spice were you? Posh. Yeah, because your hair probably.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, because my mom had a really, she liked the short hair. So I had the bangs and then like the lob that went to like just below my chin. So I like legitimately looked like Posh. There you go. Who were you when you pretended to be a Spice Girl? I was always baby Spice. See, I would have guessed that. <laughs> because
0: I'm blonde, yeah. I was yep. like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: So we'll, we'll have to ask our other friends from high school who they used to be.
0: I feel like Mara would be Sporty Spice. Yeah. And I feel like Emily would be... I don't know. She doesn't really fit into any of them. Definitely not ginger spice, definitely not Scary Spice.
1: She would be like almost another posh.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking too.
1: Like honestly, I think I would probably fit a little bit more with Scary Spice, like personality wise. Yeah. But like look wise when I was a kid. Yeah. Definitely yeah, yeah. I looked like Posh. And I did love Posh. I just loved how she like didn't give a hoot about anything. Oh yeah, she's a she's a bad bee for sure. But yeah, so that's what I noticed after, you know, hours of editing. <laughs> that's
0: funny. That's funny.
1: So you now that'll be stuck in my head every time I hear
0: that. <laughs> you be like, oh, that, that's me. I could do that, you know.
1: That's me. Yeah, I, I'll tell my kids. I'll be like, that was my my <laughs> laugh. I stood in for that.
0: <laughs> See if they believe. You me. can brag to your <laughs> friends.
1: Yeah, exactly. It was me the whole time. I flew out to London at age like three just to do that. I don't know when that song came out. Actually, could have been older. I think it came <laughs> out in '91.
0: So you flew out as a fetus. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hadn't even been a consideration yet <laughs> yeah, yeah that's yeah. funny so so there we go all right so leslie before we started recording you said you had a guess I, for me so i would like to hear i do
0: guess. have a guess and i i mean it's a little off brand for you amber i mean as we discussed that we recorded this around a sporting event uh this this recording we planned around but when you said you mess with the bull you get the horns i was thinking um the guy who i was michael jackson who played for the bulls his father was murdered so that's where i thought you were going with it yeah no (laughs) (laughs) i was like i mean this is pretty far off brand forever but like maybe i yeah
1: the sports thing it really just gave me away
0: (laughs) (laughs) hey that's okay i mean some people aren't aren't into that you know it's all good i don't mean to be looking out my window My biggest pet peeve is when people don't put their dogs on leashes, and my neighbor has their dog out on the street, and I'm, like, fuming. Fuck them.
1: Actually, that is something that should be a thing all the time, because just because your dog is nice does not mean another dog is not nice, or is nice as well, and, like, if your dog is off a leash and it runs up to another dog and their owner is being good and has them on a leash, they have to, like... Get in between, right? Like, just keep your dog on a leash. Like you don't know what they're gonna come up well,
0: with. Well, and also, like I don't give a shit how trained your dog is. You just like never know. I just that's just like my yeah. biggest pet peeve. As as a dog owner, I get heated when I see people don't have their dogs on leashes. Me too.
1: Well, and I mean, our dogs are pretty good. They don't, you know, stray too far from us when we like, you know, let them out in the front yard or whatever. Um, if we're just doing something real quick, but now that the neighborhood has more houses in it we don't do that anymore we used to only yeah. do it when it was just like us living here and now that there are more neighbors and more dogs like i don't
0: really no. want to chase my dog down the street either yeah <laughs> my little one i know she'll bolt. i mean she won't go far but like i just i don't want to deal with it so yeah yeah sorry anyway sorry for that five minute interruption dog psa <laughs>
1: All right, Leslie. Well, I will tell everybody what it is in a moment, but how about you tell them where we're going on the map?
0: Today on the map, we're going to Brooklyn. And yes, we
1: are Brooklyn, New York. So I wish I could do that. <laughs> it's just because I have family from New York. <laughs> I can only half-ass do it. They probably still would say Amber doesn't sound good. <laughs> I feel like Amber just stopped that. Yeah, please stop. <laughs> so we are learning about Salvatore Gravano. Do you know who that is? I don't, but
0: when you say Salvatore, I think of Vampire Diaries.
1: So that
0: is a good one to think of.
1: Well, and I love that name. I asked Craig if we could do Salvatore or Vincenzo, and he said no. For a I mean,
0: that's child. very Italian. That's very Italian. I know,
1: and because my husband is ginger, and that he'll let people will know that who had the decision making and <laughs> baby name stuff. Sorry, I'm really tired today, so there's going to be some trailing. Hey, it's all good. It's all good. So, Salvatore had a nickname, you might know the nickname, Sammy the Bull, does that ring a bell?
0: I feel like it does, but I just can't think of anything, so enlighten me.
1: I'll enlighten you. So first <laughs> I want to do the a citation of where I got all my information, so this is going to give a lot away. One of them is an interview by Patrick Bet David, never heard of him before, but apparently he does a lot of interviews on YouTube, um, and his, uh, the interview was titled Mafia Boss. Sammy Gravano breaks silence after 20 years. Another one that I watched is called Mugshots. Uh, Sammy the Bull Gravano, King Rat. And I was an avid uh, Mob Wives watcher growing up um, when that was a reality show on VH1. So I feel like I just know stuff because I'm obsessed with the Mob Wives. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Salvatore Gravano was born on March twelfth, nineteen 1945 in Brooklyn, New York. New York, sorry. His family lived in Bensonhorst, um, which is a, prom- a prominently Italian neighborhood. So New York kind of does this thing where they have those boroughs and it's kind of, you know, like he's in Brooklyn, but he's in a sub-genre of Brooklyn in this okay. Bensonhorst. So like Bensonhorst is technically where he says he's from. Um, but then he obviously tells people Brooklyn for like...
0: My gosh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> <in.
1: laughs> His parents, Jerry and Kay, were simple people that immigrated from Sicily and worked hard for what they had. Jerry was a painter until he got lead poisoning from his profession and had to quit. Um, His mother Kay was a good seamstress, seamstress that commuted to a factory in New York to make dresses for models. Sammy had two siblings, one brother and a sister that died before he was born, so he doesn't really know much about them. And he has two living older sisters. One sister was nine years older and the other was five years. I tried to find their names and I couldn't find a legitimate source to tell oh. me what they were, like one name popped up on Wikipedia, but I don't like to use them as. What did
0: you just call that website?
1: Wikipedia is that not what it's called? What's it called? I don't,
0: I, I don't know. I say Wiki- <laughs> Wikipedia.
1: <laughs> Wikipedia? If I have been saying? That's it, how I, I
0: say it. I I don't know. Maybe Wikipedia. I've been saying it wrong. <laughs> Wikipedia.
1: It's like that GIF JIF thing.
0: Yeah. What do like, you say? Um. I say GIF yeah i think i make g. fun of i i kind of laugh at people who say jiff me too well jiff like the peanut butter is spelled yeah. with a j
1: yeah so like we should know which one it is and i feel like jiff would have sued already if it sounded anything like their company
0: so, also like jeff i mean sometimes it's spelled with a g but most times it's spelled with a j yeah jeff you yeah know? Well, jeff? you guys anyway, tell sorry.
1: us wikipedia <laughs> or wikipedia <laughs> I've been wrong with most things with the English language. No. So
0: well, English is my first language, but yeah, no, I,
1: uh,
0: I, it could be me too. So, yeah.
1: so let us know what what you call it. <laughs> Kay eventually became very well known as a a seamstress, and eventually decided to open up her own dress shop a little closer to home. She hired other seamstresses in the neighborhood to help her complete the orders. So it was a bunch of like older Italian women just making these beautiful dresses for models Jerry became invested in helping Kay run the business as well since he didn't have a profession anymore and like pretty much all of the other neighborhoods uh, businesses the Italian mafia was given a percentage of sales to pay for protection from other gangs and mobs so this was very common in all mobs too not just the Italian mobs but the Irish mobs the Polish mobs Russian mobs all of them they you know New York had these little subcategories that everybody lived in. They kind of, you know, were all coming from certain parts of the world, and they stuck together, and these mobs kind of stepped in and were like, we'll protect you from these other mobs, because if they didn't have that protection, the other mobs knew about it and would harass the companies and try to make them pay um, for them. So it's kind of like they just preferred to pay their own people to protect them versus pay a different um, group to – Harass them, I guess.
0: Fair enough. Yeah. No. 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 It makes yeah. sense.
1: Sammy was not someone that excelled in schools. Uh, in school, he had a hard time differentiating numbers and letters. Later in life, he believed he had um, been he hadn't been diagnosed with dyslexia, and it's actually kind of yeah. funny. So the first interview that I talked about with Patrick Bet David, Sammy was speaking to him. Um, and he didn't even call it dyslexia. He called it dyslexia. So, like, yeah. he, he stopped his education very early in life, and some of that kind of shows, but uh, the, some of the business side of him foreshadowing it, it's very above what people expected of him. It's
0: like street smarts versus, like, book smarts. Exactly, mm-hmm. and he was very
1: street smart. He was also very good at learning if he was able to see or hear what was expected of him. But he failed if it came to, like, reading and math. So he just learned a different way than what most schools offer even, like, today. Yeah. Um, so he, Sammy was held back in the fourth grade, and he says he remembers this was the first time he ever felt pure rage, for, like, at all in his life. He, he, like, specifically remembered rage being the feeling. Um, his second attempt at fourth grade came with a lot of ridicule teachers were mean to him students were mean to him he recalls you know teachers going around and having kids spell words and they would get and they'd be long fourth grade fifth grade level words and they'd get to him and the teacher would say okay spell cat and then the students would laugh at him and the teacher would start laughing so he was being ridiculed as well while he's already insecure about where he's at
0: what a shitty teacher
1: right like oh my gosh so he's just had he has a lot of shitty stuff i mean it was in the 50s and 60s so i guess a different time
0: yeah still shitty
1: <laughs> so after class sammy would find the children that made fun of him and he began to fight them quickly kids stopped laughing at him and they feared him now so he Found his niche in life, and it wasn't a good one, but he found a way to get people to stop laughing at him and to take him seriously. Um, one time when Sammy was 10, his bike was stolen by two other boys. He found them and beat both of them up <laughs> to get his bike back. This was just him against two guys. This fight happened outside of a common mob hangout. It was like a cafe, and he got one, and one of the older. Uh, mobsters noticed the fight didn't break it up (laughs) but noticed it and this wise guy told his friends that the kid kept getting up and fighting the other two like a bull and that's the day that sammy the bull was born yolo (laughs) like that nickname stuck and he carried on and i don't I'm sure, because again, it's a small neighborhood, I'm sure one guy says it, and then a bunch of guys say it, and then you eventually find out that's your nickname, I guess. (laughs) As the years went on, he continued to struggle in school, and he was held back again in the seventh grade. He decided decided school wasn't for him, and started skipping class, and took took to the streets. Sammy joined a gang called the Rampers, and he was only like 13 or 14, and this gang's focus was protecting their turf. There wasn't... No drugs. Oh, okay. Nothing like that. (laughs) So just kind of, they like their neighborhood, and I mean, racially, they probably targeted some people that weren't Italian to kind of defend uh, themselves against. Fair enough, yeah. A truant officer was out looking for students that were ditching and found Sammy. The officer brought him back to the principal's office Um, while being reprimanded, the by the principal for ditching. Um, The principal said some stuff, so I'm gonna repeat it word for word. Um, There is a warning here. I am Italian, (laughs) so there are some words that are racially inappropriate for people to say. It's kind of on the same spectrum as anything else would be for another race. Italians are doing something that a lot of other cultures are doing where they're taking those negative, hurtful words back and they're making them their own. So um, I'll kind of go into a dive about that in a bit, but just a heads up that there are some things that I'll say does not mean that other people should say it Fair enough, (laughs) Um, (laughs) So while being reprimanded by the principal for ditching, the principal said, what do you expect from his type? This is the way they are. It's all because of his Italian upbringing. Gross. (laughs) Sammy began defending his parents, of course, like anyone would. Trying to explain his upbringing had nothing to do with why he was ditching school. So then the principal said, "Shut up, greaseball." Sammy was pushed over the edge once the principal said the racial slur, jumped across the desk, and punched him in the jaw. Goodness. <laughs> yeah, and he's like 14. <laughs> yeah. Against a grown man, um, and he later learned that he broke his principal's jaw. So. Yolo. I know it doesn't sound like a intense. Um, Insults, but that um, is something that was pretty common at this time Um, So greaseball uh, Italian men at this time really like to slick their hair back um, with gel and everything like that. So greaseball um, derives from that Uh, More slang that was used against Italians and a lot of just people in general um, Who were immigrants but WAP is used a lot for a lot of different people, but it just means without papers So for anyone immigrating Um, but it was targeted a lot at the Italian immigrants at this time. Um, and actually one that people don't know is started as a racial slur, racial slur is Guido.
0: Yeah. Well, like, I mean, I've, that's obviously the one that I've heard the most, but I just have never.
1: And that's one of the ones that, um, Italians really worked on taking back. So, you know, we all grew up in a time where Jersey Shore was a thing, whether you watched it or not. I loved it. So I watched it a lot. (laughs) Um, And that was the step in Italians taking that back. Um, I watched a behind the making of Jersey Shore and one of the women in charge of like starting that show said that the network was really hesitant to allow Guido to be used. But in New Jersey at the time they were taking the word back and Guido was describing them as a group and aesthetically so it's almost like they took the negative and spun it and made it their own. Yeah. I have been <laughs> called a guido by some very uneducated people. Um, I don't like being called a guido. I did not grow up in New Jersey where I fit a, a lifestyle that fits that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was in high school. There was just some girl who called, who, you know, she was like, oh, you're such a guido or something stupid. And I, like, lost my shit and yelled at her uh, for assuming that every italian would appreciate being called that. It's you know it's stuff that happened a long time ago but i have i have family that you know they they grew up in chicago and they grew up in this time and there are things that you know i just know i just knew from my family like weren't okay. Yeah. And that was one of them. So i appreciate the italians that are taking it back by no means do i think that we shouldn't be but
0: don't call someone something just in case it offends them. Right. <laughs> well, and i mean, you Probably shouldn't call people names anyway, you know. Regardless if there's a racial uh, tone or not, you know. Yeah. Well, and you
1: know, I I'm proud of my Italian heritage, but I don't need it to be pointed out when I'm being a stereotypical Italian. Like, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Believe me, in my head, I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> What's a
0: stereotypical
1: Italian? Well, I get it pointed out the most when I'm like popping off and like mad. <laughs> um, I yell. I wave my hands a lot. People comment on that, which is fine. Like, again, I'm proud of my heritage. I get it. You know, I, I cuss a lot and that is, I don't know. There are a lot of Italian people who, you know, the, it's the, the glitz and the glam and the being proper is not a thing. Um, so I'm yeah. going to respect someone who's going to tell me like, Hey, you know, you're being a fucking asshole. But I mean, it's just a little, you know, I feel like, um, I have a little bit of an edge and the only thing that I can describe is that it's from that Italian side of my family I was not in any way shape or form part of the East Coast or part of the mob or you know a mob wife or daughter (coughs) or whatever but like I you know I had older Italian people in my life growing up and I think like things here and there I picked up and probably the main thing I picked up is just like I'm a little like blunt yeah. <laughs> and i
0: cuss <laughs> mm, okay fair enough see you're the only person in my life that's like very italian so i just was like oh that's just amber right <laughs> like i just figured that was just your like personality but fair enough yeah
1: i mean in that too like it is it is a personality thing too like just be, just because i am the way i am doesn't mean you can you're gonna meet another italian yeah, yeah. like that but just certain things like during these documentaries like things people were saying I was like oh shit you're like <laughs> this is where I get that from <laughs> do I need to
0: look inside here is this <laughs> yeah this might <my> come to this moment <laughs> yeah this was a very
1: oh, um, eye-opening case uh situation for me also they said
0: jerk off a lot and I was like
1: oh I had to teach Leslie what that was <laughs> <laughs> that's just because <laughs> I was a
0: very sheltered human being
1: (laughs) yeah so just some things like you know it's not the biggest racial problem right now uh, obviously but it's also not something to be forgotten that literally anyone coming into this country met was met with some harsh words and feelings so that is my ted talk on not
0: being an asshole (laughs) sorry yeah (laughs) roxy concurs um yeah yeah no yeah like don't be a dick end of story yeah don't call people
1: names don't assume like I don't know I think my one of my biggest pet peeves is like I get a lot of like that is the most Italian thing I've ever heard or that is so Italian and I'm like okay but I'm also like a fucking person like that's not that doesn't describe a whole culture yeah. just because of like one thing I do and like you're super white and you I might be like you know one of five Italians that you've come in contact right. with right, well, <laughs> right, like I mean yeah.
0: like I said I you're the only one that, that's in my life, so I just didn't no.
1: Well, and you don't, you don't do that, I'm not no, saying. No, 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 right.
0: I, I'm just, no. like, as a person, I don't think, I never thought, like, oh, that's because you're Italian or anything like that. I just. You just thought it was yeah. me? I appreciate
1: yeah. that. Yeah, I'm an asshole because yeah, I'm Amber, <laughs> not because I'm Italian. <laughs> <laughs> Also, because I married my husband and my initials are now ass, so I get to be one for real. All the time. (laughs) Constantly. That's why when Craig's like, God, you're being a little intense. I'm like, you made me this way. It's your fault. (laughs) I took your name. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So back to Back to Sammy. Sammy was sent to a new school after punching his principal in the jaw and breaking it in a different neighborhood. This neighborhood was mostly made up of Irish and Polish people. At this time in New York, um, the neighborhoods were separated, again, by heritage, and most people did not venture out of their boroughs. There was no turmoil between the Irish and the Italian-Americans at this time. So Sammy got along, he says, very well with the girls, because he used to be pretty (laughs) handsome, but the boys did not like the idea of an Irish girl talking to an Italian boy. Right. So, again, more fights in Sammy's life during and after school. But while at this school, Sammy did meet a teacher, Mr. Mendrecki, and that teacher finally recognized that he might have a learning disorder and that he wasn't stupid like a lot of other teachers like to tell Sammy. Yeah. Which, I mean, great. More teachers like that, honestly. Um, Because of this teacher, Sammy claimed to try to stay out of trouble. Because he respected this teacher a lot and he really wanted to earn this teacher's respect and make him proud. Yeah. Unfortunately oh. the bull was not very good at avoiding confrontation and was kicked out of this school as well. Oops. <laughs> it's kind of like it's interesting because like in the documentaries he's almost got two personalities. He's got like Sammy and he's got the bull and like he just turns off and sees red and like has no thought. He's in like caveman mode when he's Hmm. fighting like no impulse control doesn't recognize his friends family anything he just like goes it's very interesting to see like just the two sides of him
0: very um, maybe some other mental disorder Uh, you know Mm. yeah Yeah. it could be Yeah. yeah
1: yeah I mean if they didn't catch dyslexia yeah there's more that probably couldn't be caught right So next, he was sent to a 600 school, which was the last resort before reform school. Okay. At this school, Sammy had only been there a few days, and a kid in one of his classes kept calling Sammy the devil and knocking him in the head with a book. What a dick. (laughs) Right? Random. (laughs) Yeah. So just, you know, looked at him one day in class, turned around, looked at him, said, you're the devil, picked up a book, bonked him on the head. Mm -hmm. And Sammy claims he let this happen three to four times. So like- a little bit of impulse control in this moment, but eventually he lost his shit and knocked him out in one punch. After this incident, the school board told his parents, Kay and Jerry, that Sammy was not allowed to return to school. Sammy was 15 when he stopped going to school, and he was at an 8th grade level.
0: That's a bummer. I, I'm mostly just sad for him. You know, the school system failed him, for sure. That's it. Mm-hmm. So.
1: Well, and that's actually one of the questions that the interviewer asked that I threw in. So Sammy was asked if he thought that if there were more teachers in his life like Mr. Mandrecki, did he think that he would have gone down a different route or path? And he believes he might have. He feels like he's a smart person, he just wasn't book smart. And had there been a you know, more, maybe like what's going on today where teachers and doctors can catch that stuff a little earlier and help kids instead of just make them feel like they're not smart, yeah, you know, he might have been able to stay in school and graduate, but again, that's a game of like what if he doesn't know he did point out that the mob was very present in the neighborhood and he had idolized those guys for quite some time. He says he remembers recognizing who they were when he was like seven. Yeah, so maybe but also that idolization was there. So who knows. So now we're kind of he's in his gang still. And he's there full-time now that he's not allowed back in school. And his parents are having him help down at the dress shop because, you know, they're, they're, they made an honest living. So they were able to provide what they needed, but there wasn't a lot of wiggle room. So in that, in that time, you know, and another time now, even if you don't go to school, you have to work. So one time while helping his father in the dress shop, two big men came in demanding more union fees the shop so this is something that in the mob was pretty common so they can't say like the mob protects you so they said like the union is protecting your company mm-hmm. um, so it was kind of a front so that if a police officer overheard they would just hear men talking about s- forming a union yeah uh, Jerry stood up to the men and told them that they needed to leave and he wasn't going to pay them uh, the men threatened to come back the next day and break his legs if he did not have the money for them Sammy was very worried about his father um, and went to uh, people in his gang and asked ask that members be at the shop the next day with him um, to back him up at a fight if the, main, if the men came back. The leader of this gang agreed to the request, but also gave Sammy a gun. The leader told Sammy, don't just beat them up, kill them, and we'll take care of their bodies. Oh. So he's like 15, 16 now. <laughs> Casual. Casual conversation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the next day the union men came back but they had a different tune the men did not realize that gary was protected by a it's called a goombada um and it's sicilian and it it's slang and it means um godfather or old friend oh so people who were outside of the mob were the but were still um friends of the mob were were made so they were made friends and then if you had a goombata or an old friend, you could go to that old friend and say, like, hey, like, these guys are fucking with me pretty much. And, the you know, depending on where the goombada sits, he talks to higher ups and kind of, you know, goes down the line of these people are good people. We're going to protect them. their family. Interesting. Mm hmm. It's very that is one thing. Um, I don't know a lot about other mobs, but the Italian mob is very family focused. So you're a family. As long as you don't fuck up. <laughs> then there's another story. But. Yeah. So, this Goombada, and I, uh, Sammy said his name, but I didn't know, oh, he said it so fast, and he was mumbly, and it was a New York accent, so I have no idea who <laughs> the Goombada was. <laughs> and that would have just turned into a rabbit hole of me looking that person up. <laughs> um, right, right. So these men promised to be there if Jerry ever needed anything. So they kind of, like, changed their tune. They were very threatening, we're gonna, you know, break your legs, blah, 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 blah. And then... They realized that Gary knew someone and they were quickly apologizing and, you know, very sweet talking and things like that because they didn't want to get in trouble with this man, the man in so the mob. So they
0: knew who their old friend was, or was it? Yes. Were they surprised? Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, so they knew who the old friend was because, again, it's a small neighborhood. Everybody knows everybody. This Goombada was in the mob. So if you're in the mob, people know you even more. Okay. And these guys most likely worked for the mob and they just didn't realize that. Um, this dress shop was protected I get already. It. Okay. Sammy was surprised. He didn't realize that um, this family friend that Sammy knew and was aware. He had no idea that this person was in the mob. He was a very small man, um, shorter, very short. He said the wind could blow him away in one gust. But these six foot four men were terrified of the fact that his dad knew who this person was. So he's starting to kind of put things together in his life around him. And Sammy did let his know let his dad know that, like he could also protect them. So Sammy informed him that he was ready to protect them as well. We didn't need the goombata and showed him the gun that his gang member had given him. Sammy's father lost his shit, yeah. so Sammy said that his dad never hit him. He said his mom would swat at him with a broom or a mop or just kind of do these, like, uh, they're old school, like, just older old school mom stuff right you just like swat you with a spoon or whatever but it was never like painful but sammy's dad never raised a hand to him and he said this was the first time that he felt like his dad was gonna lose control he didn't but just the rage that his dad had after seeing the gun scared kind of scared him
0: it would scare the shit out of me (laughs)
1: Yeah, I don't know why he showed his dad he did, <laughs> just to keep that secret yeah, yeah keep the secret yeah pretty much. so he did quote his dad and saying so his dad said after the gun uh, found out and started screaming at him we are good legitimate people we do not do that lifestyle so his father was aware like he had to make friends with some of the mob and the uh, mafia to kind of have a safe lifestyle and he was okay with that but he made it very clear that he never wanted to be a part of it and they and the mafia respected that as well and they just kind of kept him at arm's length he didn't need to know anything he just liked you know the protection that he received and you know and i mean these guys are they're mobsters and they're murderers and they're not good people but they're very family focused and like the family extends outside of just their immediate family it's any any italian who needs help they're there for them so it's kind of this weird limbo where people like respect them for protecting them but also like are scared of them
0: no it makes sense <laughs> and
1: don't want their kids to become them right
0: right no i i mean i think that's how modern gangs you know things like that i think that's how that is still probably yeah
1: well, and unfortunately, Sammy did not listen to his dad. Um, Sammy got the attention of the Colombo family, which is a very old mob family. It originated in Sicily, and the people of the mod- mob fled when Mussolini came to power. So it is twelfth century status and it's just continued on as they've gotten new members
0: that's on a side note again i get a boner for like historical things like that like that's so cool <laughs> that they have like right they, like just the tradition right, that they've continued that line they've continued that name that's just so cool
1: yeah i agree it's really cool sammy was moving up quickly in the colombo family um, which caused some jealousy with current members and members who were trying to get their sons or nephew into the mob um, so he was kind of looked at as like this outsider like he knew of certain people But he was not like a family like a direct family member trying to get into the mob. So with that um, there were some plots to get Sammy killed because he took a spot from someone who other people felt were you know and in the someone is arbitrary like anyone that the, the mob themselves felt was better than what was chosen. A rumor was spread about Sammy that claimed that he had come on to a widow of a deceased mob member of the Colombo family and she and the member had only been dead for like three weeks. And then the woman said that he abused her when she turned him down. Now this didn't happen. Um, The widow actually came on to Sammy and he told her to fuck off because he was so mad that she was running around so quickly after the man died. The woman, the woman went to the members that she knew were jealous of, Sam- of Sammy, lied to them, and then one of the members put a hit out on Sammy. Goodness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, this was, you know, because, I mean, they say they're family and all this stuff, but, like, the jealousy turns on and all of a sudden we're killing whoever we want. We're not protecting our people
0: anymore. Well, and if that woman said that he hit her and abused her, she's family, so they're probably mm-hmm. just protecting her, too and she had been family
1: longer too because her husband had been a part of the mob for a very long time before sammy got pulled in um luckily you can't well i shouldn't say you can't but it's not recommended that someone put a hit on someone without higher-ups agreeing to it and this gentleman that she told was a little bit lower um there were a lot of names it got really confusing keeping them all straight and they all had last names that ended in vowels so i I kind of am going to omit some of them because it's not, like, super important, like, they're people and all of that, but, like... No, I get you it. You don't need to know. Yeah. Well, in the interview that I watched, if you've ever sat down with, like, an old man, including, like, I just imagined my grandpa, because he's from the East Coast, but you sit down with him, and he tells you, like, everybody's name. Yeah. Like, you're supposed to fucking know who they are. Right, right. <laughs> like, you have some connection to them, yeah. Exactly. And, like, you know he's remembering it, and he'll tell you, like big you know big tall italian guy or whatever and his name was robbie robertson and i'm like okay right
0: right you're like great (laughs) good for him yeah Yeah.
1: and i'm like don't know who the fuck that is so this uh, (laughs) gravano is talking to this interviewer and he's doing that like the interviewer barely says anything it's a two-hour interview and i only got through an hour and like 15 minutes of it because he would just go on these side tangents (sighs) about these people and look at the interviewer like the interviewer was there and was supposed to know who's oh that's (laughs) funny (laughs) So I left some names out, so I apologize if the he's and the she's are going to get confusing. I'll try to make sure to keep them straight. Okay. So luckily, some of the higher-ups in the Colombo family um, wanted to get to the origin of the, like, he said, she said and did an launched an investigation themselves. Um, Witness that were with Sammy at the bar when this woman came on to him came forward and told the truth of the events and this rumor went all the way up to the big boss so his name was Carlo Colombo he was the guy who had he was part of the fam like the actual family name that started this mob. And they decided that these two men couldn't be in the same family anymore because it was getting too hostile with the jealousy that this man held for Sammy. But this man was related to a higher up in the Colombo family, so they couldn't kill him like they normally would have for someone lying and being a rat and planning a hit (laughs) behind their backs it's kind it's intense and they talk about it like they're just like talking about their plans for the weekend after church like it's very right. it's very it weird so casual yeah so they decided the best thing to do was to release Sammy to another mob family and they were very close with one of a, one of the families na- uh, called the Gambino family um, now the Gambino family was mostly in charge of gam- gambling and loan sharks um, in the area. people of the neighborhood usually, did not mind them and the family they realized it kept them safe from other gangs and drug dealers most of the OG families and their like head like big guy bosses did not agree with selling drugs and it w- and they wouldn't allow it in their families
0: oh that's interesting
1: mm-hmm Sam Sammy quickly became the number one professional hitman in the Gambino family so if the boss who was uh, Paul Castellano so Castellano is the main boss of the Gambino family. He took over after the namesake of the Gambino's passed away of natural causes. So Paul kind of was appointed and stepped up. So it's kind of confusing because it's the Gambino family, but it's Paul Castellano.
0: <laughs> no, I get it. It makes sense. Yeah,
1: so he was the one that stepped in. Um, he, If Paul wanted someone dead, Sammy would be the one to either do it or arrange for it to happen. Oh. Paul Castellano was one of those old-school Dons that would kill anyone in his mob family if he found out that they were lying to him. And one of the main things was selling drugs. that He did not stand for that, and he refused to let his family be a part of that. Um, <laughs> weird thing about Paul, he did not mind if he or any of his guys were cheating on their wives or having children with their mistresses.
0: Well, of course, yeah so interesting what they pick and choose
1: right like don't sell kids pot but how i'm gonna just you know fuck whoever i want and hopefully my wife is you know is able to handle it and a lot of these old
0: school wives did put up with it well what are they supposed to say i mean maybe Mm -hmm. potentially fearing that if they were like uh excuse me boss Mm -hmm. like that's a no you know who knows what could happen yeah it's just so interesting from like a complete outsider right like I don't know very much about mm-hmm. um the mob or anything it's like so interesting hearing what they picked and choose like and choose what they pick and chose like what was okay what wasn't okay it's just so um fascinating really to listen to
1: well and a lot of these women too they got used to a certain way of living and that was their decision to stay too there they they were taking care of their kids were taking care of yep. So you put up with a, a shitty husband, and, I mean, as long as he doesn't, right. like, beat you, and maybe it's emotional, but you just kind of get a stiff upper lip, I guess. So Paul had a wife and four children and more money than he knew what to do with because, you know, this is all, the mob has money. It, it's like Scientology. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> We're going back, but it's like Scientology. They have money coming in from these companies that they're protecting, but they also run gambling rings, prostitution rings, like they, you know, Al Capone was the main guy for alcohol back way, way back. So they all, anything that's illegal, they're running. And so they are just sitting on piles and piles and piles of money. And you know, these guys are learning how to be smart with it too, and how to hide it, which you know is I mean something that their families are still getting the benefits of today even yeah so he wasn't satisfied with you know a beautiful wife four children and more money than he ever needed in his life so he had an affair with his maid and continued to have both women live in the same house Oh. yeah so one thing with some of the old-school mobsters they believed you keep your girlfriend on the side you have a girlfriend fine You keep them on the side. You don't bring them where you bring your wife so that people will not, you know, talk shit about your wife or you. And you, you know, you pay her, you you get her a a nice apartment, you take care of her, but it needs to not be where your wife can acknowledge that it's happening. So it's like this weird manipulation where let's make your wife not upset by seeing your mistress instead of like, just don't have one. (laughs) Interesting. (laughs) This whole thing with the wives the wife and the mistress being in the same house and the wife knew and the mistress knew obviously like they knew about each other it rubbed sammy the wrong way the cheating didn't really bother him he had girlfriends on the side after he got married but it was the fact that he was not separating everything from his wife and children (laughs) okay (laughs) so you know it's it's never good when one of your you know little humans that is in your gang loses respect for the big boss because that's kind of where conspiracies start and plans start happening. Mm. So due to losing respect for Paul, Sammy started to group up with other members that were unhappy with how Paul was running the family. And they were actually planning on overthrowing Paul. You can't just like vote them out. Right. <laughs> um, you have to permanently remove them from the family. <laughs> So the group of people that Sammy kind of looped up with, were they were selling heroin. Oh. They weren't selling it in the Italian neighborhood, but they were selling it in all the other neighborhoods around the area. Okay. <laughs> and, you know, drugs. They found that it was a very lucrative business, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, and they didn't want that to end. And they knew that the second that Paul found out, he would put Ow. an end to the drug ring, punish them. And most likely the punishment would be a hit because it's breaking a rule on December 16th 1985 Sammy and the next man who was aspiring to be the next boss um, after Paul died came up with a plan to kill Paul they got three other men together and those men gunned Paul down outside of a steakhouse that Paul would frequent a lot of the time Mm -hmm. the new aspiring boss took over for the Gambino family and it's 350 people. So there was like, it was a big,
0: okay. Like a big operation. Yeah.
1: Thank you. That's the word I was looking for. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't, I was like, I don't know what the word is. (laughs) You're good. You're good. (laughs) Sammy became the official underboss. So, It's kind of confusing. I tried to Google and like understand, but they had so many names and some of them were in Sicilian and some of them were in English and I couldn't tell if some of them were the same thing, just translated. Mm -hmm. But pretty much there's a boss and there's an underboss. And then there are people underneath and they have things like captains and corporals and they kind of like take little things from the military, but they also use Sicilian words that just mean like random words, like friend and I don't. Yeah, like so I tried to keep track of it, but pretty much it was the boss and it was Sammy Gravano. So that's kind of where we're sitting okay. right now okay. after Paul Dice. Like you have your president and your vice president.
0: Exactly. Yeah. 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 So
1: under boss is vice president. Okay. So that just means too that he carries out the boss's orders. And it's kind of one of those blind faith. like you shouldn't ask any questions of your boss. Like you're their right hand man. They should be telling you. Everything and you guys just should be trusting each other. It's a partnership. This new leadership started demanding um, people get on board with selling drugs or be killed. By the end of 1990, Sammy the Bull was part of planning or was the killer of 19 people. Oh
0: goodness. Mm-hmm.
1: The government was not unaware of the mob families. Obviously, there's a whole like task force and all the murders that were happ- happening. Happening. Um, They were actually able to uh, bug the new Gambino boss's home, the businesses that he kind of had as fronts, and frequent frequent restaurants and bars that the boss would go to. The government was able to get recordings of crime straight from the boss's mouth. Uh, The new boss was somehow tipped off or aware that the government was doing this, so he actually started planting seeds and framing Sammy for everything.
0: Oh, as they were recording. Him. Did he think like Sammy was the rat, like, or because I'm assuming you have like a spy, yeah? So it didn't really talk about the spy stuff. So I
1: think he was just trying to, uh, based on what, because based on what I find, I found it was a lot of like what Sammy and Sammy's family felt happened, and they felt that he was just the one being set up to take the fall. Uh-huh. That was it. Like this guy was saving his own ass. He didn't care about family like he preached. You know, he he was going to put it on him and you're the underboss, so you're going to take it. Because the boss actually sat Sammy down and was like, here's the deal. They have recordings. It doesn't sound good for you. You're going to take the fall because you're the underboss and I need to stay out on the outside and take care of the family. You can do the time and come back to me when you're done. Oh,
0: shit. Okay.
1: Yeah. So it was kind of one of those things where it was almost expected of the underboss to take the fall.
0: <laughs> All right. Fair enough, I guess. I mean, they have some strange morals all together, so, yeah.
1: They do. <laughs> and, and in the end, it's don't trust anybody. Right. Like, that's it. Because who's to say the underboss isn't planning to kill the boss and take over at some point? You know, he helped him kill someone else. Who, who's to say he's not going to be the mm-hmm. next one killed? The boss also pointed out that with this information and the kind of breadcrumbs that he'd been dropping... um, Sammy was going to be the one persecuted, and uh, the boss was going to be able to walk. Now, behind the boss's back, Sammy went to the feds and flipped for a deal. Sammy, it's funny you said rat. Sammy becomes a rat because the number one rule is you don't bring outsiders into it. Like, you don't tell other people how the mob works. His nickname went from Sammy the Bull to Sammy the Rat pretty quickly.
0: Well, and he would also be a rat because he's basically, not only did he tell the secrets, but he's, I mean, framing not not framing but like turning in his turning in the boss which isn't turning his family right which isn't that like the definition of a rat like you go back on your Mm -hmm. word essentially a rat
1: is pretty much anyone who opens their mouth with things they're not supposed to you're supposed to be silent you're you know you handle your shit within within the family you don't take you don't bring the feds in like they a lot of east coast italians still are anti- federal agents, cops, yeah. anything. like they You don't bring outsiders in. You deal with it on your own. And that's why there was so much killing of each other because this guy fucked me over. We're not going to call the cops and rat him out and get him in trouble. We're just going to kill him. We're going to take it into our own hands.
0: Interesting. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. So Sammy flipped. And Sammy alone took down the entire Gambino oh, family. Shit. So he did not just take down the boss. The feds were like, if you want a deal, you're telling us everything and he did goodness yep so in 1992 sammy testified against his former family after 13 hours of deliberation the jury found the gambino family boss guilty giving him life without parole oh, goodness. okay um in 1993 sammy made a testimony to the senate and admitted to all of the murders either being a part of it or doing it and explained the inner workings of the the mafia pretty much and how the families worked how they were you know set up and who answered to who he was given one year in prison for helping bring down the family okay (laughs) okay (laughs) the 19 people that he killed were all in the mob and i guess um in his interview he kind of made it seem like when you're in the mob
0: like, you signed up for this? Pretty much. Basically. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and he had this weird MO where he would kill his victims, go to the funerals, and give the families a big cash gift <laughs> as an apology. Okay. And, you know, it's we deal with this within ourselves. So he's kind of safe. They're not going to call the cops and rat him out like that's just not even you know it's so ingrained in their brains that like we we don't pull outside people we don't trust people that aren't italian we don't do this so it's so ingrained in their heads that they don't they don't even consider calling the cops but it's kind of like this like thing where he's trying to show remorse and the family just like wants to rip his face off
0: i mean okay so you think he was coming at it from a place of like This is my way of apologizing. I just had to do what I had to Mm do. Or do you think he was like kind of torturing them? Like, oh yeah, I just fucking killed your, you know, your dad. Here's some fucking cash though. Like, you know, how do you... I think it was, it could be both. He did say in the interview that some of the murders
1: that he did really like fucked with him and he was really upset, but he also blamed the victim and said, you know, in his brain, his way of getting through with it and doing it was they broke a rule they they, they did whatever they did, so that's why I have to kill you. You broke a rule. You did this. You're the reason I'm killing you, mm-hmm. is what he said. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. it's a sca- I mean, it's a scary way to think because that, that kind of sets him up to, like, have this false remorse, kind of, like, for the victims, but also this false, like, way of being like, well, it wasn't my fault if you hadn't fucked around. Well, like yeah
0: it's like not taking responsibility mm-hmm. for anything that he has done no i mean exactly this is all just like so foreign to me right because i just i like <laughs> I don't, i'm i almost like speechless like i i i don't know what to say i don't want to like step on toes it just seems like fucking crazy to me to have that outlook of like well you know it's, it's really your fault like you made me do this you know like yeah if you hadn't broken that rule and pissed
1: someone off in the higher ups, I wouldn't have been sent to it's kill like you.
0: Friggin' psychopath.
1: I don't know. It's just
0: weird. It's weird for me to hear. Anyway, continue. <laughs> I'm glad I'm breaking your brain. Kind of.
1: <laughs> so, one thing Sammy said in the interview that really stuck out to me, and I don't, I mean, we've kind of talked about it, but I don't know how I feel. He said, We didn't run around shooting innocent people, we killed each other for breaking the rules. So like even that he's like made himself feel better about m- being
0: a murderer. Okay. I I'm like <laughs> I was waiting till the end. I just want to like what do, how do you feel about him?
1: It's hard because I think that the mindset of we're family and we take care of each other and, like, extending it to, like, people of your culture. Like, that's that's not a thing that happens as much anymore because we don't live in burrows of right. people that we're like anymore. So I respect that, and I think that's amazing. That's something that is really instilled in me as a person. And I don't really think my family ever – like, I never sat down and my mom was never like, if anyone fucks with our family, like, we," f-, you know what I mean? Like, I think it was just something that, like – Mm -hmm. It was imparted on me without being told. It was like little micro things done throughout my life. And like I I catch myself doing it. Like I am very loyal to the people that I love. And it's like to an extreme amount. Like if Craig has something happen where someone like fucks him over at work or – something happens in his life and like, you know, because I mm-hmm. my husband right. is the nicest person on the planet. <laughs> like he's he's a smart ass, but he is one of the nicest people on the planet. He would give his, you know, his last dollar to someone who needed it. He is very slow to anger, um, which mm-hmm. is why I think he balances me very well because he's taught me how to kind of rein in the hothead that I used to be. But he also, you know, is very understanding of people. And like if people fuck him over, he just kind of, he, he looks at it from their perspective in a very... like. a a deep way where like he can just you know almost have sympathy for anybody even if they're being assholes to him and for me if someone fucks craig over craig has to like sometimes literally sit me down and be like no you cannot drive over to the house and yell at them i i understand you think you can punch them but like that doesn't mean that you should like so there's a little bit in me where like there there's it's a small list. It is not a huge list. There are certain people in my life that if they get fucked with, I lose my shit. And it it takes a lot for me to rein it in and not do something. And most of the time it takes my husband talking me down and just telling me it's not going to make things better. So that kind of like blind it's not even it's not blind loyalty, but almost, you know, yeah. like I my husband is my ride or die no matter what you fuck with him you fuck with me you know and it's not a threat it's (laughs) it's just like my mindset and and it's a handful of people that I feel that way about you know you my parents you know my family that I've grown up with like if anyone fucks with them I just get this like crazy rage and I don't know where that's come from, and I can only, including after diving into this, I it kind of like I don't want to blame it on like a cultural thing, but it kind of is like, well, I think like over the years, like it's just ingrained in people, and you pass it on without even trying. Right.
0: They're, I mean, they're all learned behaviors. If if you mm-hmm. watched people in your life um, have similar um, outlooks on things, then naturally those those behaviors, you know, are passed down. I think like that's probably why that like the colombo family because those behaviors have been passed down for literally Mm -hmm. centuries or not centuries but Mm you know like decades i mean it makes total sense that while nobody like sat you down and said this is the way that we that you need to behave this is the way you know but like those were just behaviors Mm -hmm. that you were around so i mean it makes sense yeah, so that's,
1: I don't know. I don't agree with killing people.
0: Uh, yeah, no, I didn't think <laughs> you know, so, yeah. I, <laughs>
1: yeah, I don't agree with uh, cheating. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, honestly, one of those, I, I knew what the uh, stereotypical Italian guy was, and that's why I never dated one, because, like, they're very, you know, the stereotype, not everyone, but the stereotype is big mama's boys yeah. who, you know, run around sometimes is, you know, kind of what you see sometimes not all the time but sometimes and that was kind of what was you know even portrayed on Jersey Shore you know people yeah. were cheating on each other all the time things like that so you know I I think I appreciate my culture but I don't know how I would handle if I married an Italian person like I feel like it would be, it would be a, the loudest yeah, house it would be a house of <laughs> madness
0: it would be yeah. very stressful
1: <laughs> yeah I feel like my the the hothead would have never gotten reined in <laughs> I feel like I would be popping off and like on the news for something. <laughs> oh, no. oh no. I mean, but it's true like the stories and I you know, I can't share all of them but the stories of some of my family members and like things that when they've gotten mad they just see red and you know, I I appreciate that cuz like it means that like they don't let people, you know, fuck them over and give them shit but also like you have to be a person who doesn't go to right. jail so like it's 2021,
0: you, you know. <laughs> You have to yeah, evolve. It,
1: yeah, more intense sentencing than the 1950s. <laughs> Probably. What do you think as, like, someone who's learning this information for, like, the first time, pretty much?
0: Well, I feel like, you know, initially, it was kind of set up like he was going to be the good guy, right? And I think he kind of is. <laughs> I, I mean, I think in this story, he is the good guy, right? I mean. So far. But, like, also, like cheats on his wife like he uh you know admits to murdering 19 people like so it's like hard it's like it's like game of thrones i don't yes
1: right like i've seen bits and pieces i haven't seen all of it but i totally get what you're saying
0: like (laughs) it's hard to like a character it's hard to like find a good guy because Mm -hmm. they're not all it's like they're not entirely good they have flaws and they may you know Mm -hmm. they do things like this and so it's like it's hard um to commit to liking a character or rooting for someone yeah yeah yeah, right so Mm -hmm. like i'm kind of in that in that area like i i was team sammy you know up until he joined basically and now i'm like oh fuck, okay
1: well because yeah team sammy in the beginning he's a misunderstood kid who's got a learning um issue and he's not being it's not being recognized yeah you know and and he's mad and frustrated and he turns to violence for that but i think all of these guys are that they're a very gray area they were very good men when it came to donations and taking care of people and you know again they would give their last dollar to someone who needed it and they would go out of their way to take care of you know their people yeah but they were also killing their people for not listening to their rules <laughs> yeah So I don't know. It's, it's a, it's a gray area for sure.
0: Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the only like mafia mob, the departed, that's what I was trying to say. The departed. Oh, I've never seen that. I'm sure it's like super stereotypical. It's, it's super gruesome and just good God. Mm -hmm. But like, that's all I have to go off of. Um, And so like, that's what I'm like thinking of this whole time that you're talking about.
1: (laughs) I mean, um, good guys was made after these people like that was Which who I've this was based on guys, like or is it good fellas yeah, you know i yeah yeah good yeah, fellas I've, I've sorry see, i haven't it, seen yeah. it either. <laughs> good fellas yeah so good fellas was made after these guys and it is pretty stereotypical and sammy actually in the interview brings that up and he's like you know it's stereotypical but he's like well we weren't out partying and drinking every night like a lot of the time we were just sitting at the bar with each other. There weren't women around us and things like that. And found like this weird balance of kind of being parents. But a lot of their kids point out that like their kid they were never home because they're out, you know, Scheming. on the streets yeah. running around doing shit. It's like this half and half where, I mean, all of these mobsters and I mean, even just gangsters, like any anyone a part of something like this is probably kind of like got dual personality where they're family people and they love their family and want to take care of them. But also, like, they don't want their freedom taken, and they want to run around and sleep with whoever they want, and they want to kill people, and it's, you're right, it's a gray area, and you you can't really root for someone, because you're rooting against someone else. Right, yeah. So, yeah, it's it's trippy. It's a weird thing, and I mean, these guys get idolized, you know, like, Al Capone is idolized, like, you, uh, Craig and I went to Chicago when his dad lived out close by there, and, like, al capone was everywhere and he was not a good no. guy like he, he he you know he did the whole alcohol thing but he was a really bad guy <laughs> but he's you know on magnets and you can get posters and stuff like that so these guys are like idolized now but they weren't then you know they weren't always nice well, either. like
0: in chicago so my husband's uh, great grandmother grew up in chicago and she would like mm-hmm. tell Uh, my mother-in-law and all them like how scary it actually was like being a being a citizen Mm -hmm. you know on the outside or like that she was just saying that it was yeah it was scary and so it is interesting that you say that they like have kind of idolized him in that area yeah now yeah but that generation that grew up with him no way after
1: Sammy served his year in prison He and his family were put into witness protection and they were moved to Phoenix, Arizona. Sammy was able to keep most of his money that he made while in the mob, um, mostly because he was able to hide it, I'm sure. Because that's, I mean, that's something they teach too, is how to hide your money so that the feds don't get it. And he started a few businesses while he was in uh, Phoenix. He had a construction business, a pool installation business, and an Italian restaurant that his now ex-wife and daughter ran. So, you know, his wife, Deb, did at some point she got sick of the cheating and all of that and they did get a divorce sammy wanted to keep his children close and so he convinced his ex-wife to live somewhere close to the apartment that he was renting so he built her a half a million dollar home (laughs) to get her to stay
0: that was nice of him i guess you know here have this like (laughs) mansion as long as you stay (laughs) pretty much right yeah
1: (laughs) yeah i mean you know i don't want an ex-husband but if my husband wanted to do that i wouldn't say no (laughs)
0: I'm not complaining. I'm I'm intrigued that you said that he moved to Arizona because I just listened to this podcast mm-hmm. and there was a very large mafia presence in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. You're giving me the look. I was going to say.
1: Well, maybe. So I'm like very intrigued. Yeah. It it okay. might be the same thing. Who knows? But after a few years of living in Arizona, Sammy's son Gerard. Introduced him to a friend that was a known drug dealer in the area who was also I can't remember his name I apologize. I didn't write it down, but he was from New York Then he was in the mob in New York and moved out to Arizona so shortly after meeting um, This gentleman sammy Gerard deb sammy's ex-wife and his daughter Karen began selling ecstasy to the club scene in phoenix, Arizona. All right, sammy was able to get about 40 employees into his drug ring and seem to be trying to make his own mob family in Arizona <laughs> okay I don't know if this is the same as the podcast you're listening no, to but it might like, be um,
0: their name sounded like banana oh Bonino yeah yeah that's who yeah. it was yeah that's an Italian family too yeah yeah yeah, yeah and, they, and they were in Arizona it's all, it's all mm-hmm. about it's missing in Alaska I don't know if you've heard of it but Mm-mm. that's what oh, that's what it's mm. about
1: yeah, yeah. So the, the Benino family, they come up. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. <laughs> so um, Sammy was trying to convince some old friends from back in New York um, that hadn't turned their backs on him for flipping to get involved because it was a very lucrative business. And, you know, he, this kind of double mindset where he wants to take care of the people that were there for him and his family. And mm-hmm. he's like, I can get you in on the ground floor of this and you, we could make a lot of money. Sit. Now, minor. Either
0: your dogs are excited or your um, curtains are haunted. <laughs> I just kept seeing them move.
1: <laughs> Going with haunted. It's Avery's butt. I figured. So they got about 40 people. He tried to convince some old friends that they should um, get involved. And of course, you know, police are not stupid. And they noticed that the use of ecstasy went up in the area. What used to be a kind of a problem was now a very big problem.
0: Huh, who would have thought?
1: (laughs) Um, And they were trying to find out what caused this drug use to spike in the area. Now, somewhere through the grapevine, a police officer for Phoenix realized that a famous former underboss was living there. He called the feds to verify. The feds said yes, and he now knew that Sammy the Bull was wreaking havoc in his town and they started to focus the investigation on him you know you have a former mob boss things are going awry in your town it's kind of the first place you'd look unfortunately well not unfortunately but kind of stereotypical
0: (laughs) i mean you're putting two and two
1: together right exactly so um so they began surveilling sammy and his 40 employees so they didn't only just tap sammy's personal and business phones they sammy went through and bought every single person a phone line for them to use. And he had, you know, these businesses. So they tapped the employees' cell phones, the family cell phones, you know, the businesses, the home phones, everything. So really by the end of the case, the police knew more about Sammy's drug ring than Sammy probably did. Because they heard, you know, I mean you have an employee. Yeah, they're gonna yeah, you're gonna Mm -hmm. they're gonna do what you want, but these employees are probably planning things behind Sammy's back or talking shit. Right. So the police were, you know, back in probably like a high school feeling of <laughs> listening to he said, she said. and Yeah. So while Phoenix PD were tracking Sammy and getting more information on him, he had gotten into a fight with a different drug dealer. This is where that Bambino, Bam- what was it? Bambino? Is that the name? I don't know. Like, it sounds like a banana. I don't Oh, know. I said it. and I forgot. I'll just, whatever I said before. <laughs> but it was part of that family yeah. um, that he had gotten in a fight with with this drug dealer. Um, who was trying to sell on his turf. So unaware that this drug dealer was tied to this mobster back in New York, um, this other mobster decided to put a hit on Sammy. Somehow Sammy got wind of the, the hit and requested a sit-down. So another thing that I think is really interesting is a sit-down. So like to equivalent it to like, you know, things you know, a sit-down is like parlay.
0: Mm, interesting. See, it's a good
1: one. <laughs> like a sit-down request cannot be ignored. Okay. You have to go and sit down like there could be a plan to ambush this person at the sit down if it doesn't go well but you have to go through with the sit down pretty much okay Mm -hmm. so it's like parlay you have to talk to the captain (laughs) anyone who has not seen pirates of the caribbean (laughs) should watch it (laughs) it's about 10 years past but you'll get that uh, analogy (laughs) so during the sit down sammy was able to convince the mob uh boss at of this family that they could work together and make more money than they would apart. Because I guess this guy was a very small um, like, operation, trying to just get his foot in the door of selling. Okay. So the mobster agreed to giving Sammy a cut of his sales. But by doing that, he was able to sell in all of Sammy's territory, not just the little space that they had found. So they kind of did like a fair trade-ish. You get more space, I get some of your money. Pretty okay. much. At this time, this drug ring was making $500,000 a week. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot of ecstasy. Yeah, a lot of drugs. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they kind of like explained it and it's always really interesting, but I kind of glaze over when they start throwing numbers, but pretty much like to get like one tab, I've never done it, so I don't, I don't know either. if that's yeah. like what it's called, a pill tab, whatever, to get one of those would cost them like um because it was coming from overseas so it would cost them like 70 cents to a dollar or something like that and then they would turn around and sell it um one tab for 25 to 30 dollars good grief yeah it was a huge markup no shit because <laughs> i guess like ecstasy is really easy to make and doesn't take a lot to m- make it so like it's actually a pretty cheap drug
0: and i don't know i yeah i don't know I, interesting yeah, I, though i
1: yeah I don't know a lot about ecstasy, but they were saying like pretty much he bought it for dirt cheap and pushed it out so like at the at the highest point of this drug ring, they were buying like seventy thousand dollars worth of pills and that's then a- pushing them out. so they had a lot.
0: that's crazy
1: if they're all like a dollar right.
0: <laughs> that's outrageous. that's crazy. Yeah. Okay.
1: So, February 10th, 2000, the police department was tipped off that there was going to be a big drug deal. So, one of these big $70,000 swaps and that Sammy's family would be involved in it. Finally, there was enough as evidence to begin arresting the drug ring because they finally had surveillance of the trade actually happening. Okay. So, the ble- police started at the bottom and began arresting employees. Now, by February 24th, they had planned a synchronized raid. And they were planning on arresting all of the higher ups at the exact same time, which would probably be thrilling for the like department. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> like, yeah. to just know this is happening. So it was Sammy, his ex-wife, his son, his daughter, and then a like I think ten higher ups that had worked their way up into the in the family. Okay. And oh, I forgot to say what was interesting about this family. Most of them were not Italian. So he started a mob with whoever just wanted people. to join. So it was more okay. like a gang <laughs> Yeah, right. Um, and he was actually credited to having the first African-American in an Italian family mob because that oh. was not a thing. <laughs> Interesting. So I just, yeah. So, you know, is that family called the
0: Beninos? <laughs> is that the other Beninos? One? Yes. Yeah,
1: that's sorry. what it is. The yeah. Beninos. It just yeah. hit me. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. I was, yeah. it was bothering me. So, yeah. So the orig- the mobster who made the deal with Sammy was the boss of the Benino yeah. family. Who had some people out in Arizona selling drugs as well. So they kind of combined to have a more coexisting drug sale. Right.
0: (laughs) How nice. Yeah. It was (laughs) nice for the people. Let's just harmonize over ecstasy.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Um, So the synchronized raid started and everyone in the higher up um, portion of the ring was arrested. Sammy was at his apartment when SWAT broke in. They broke in from the front and from the back doors. Um, And Sammy was found crawling on the floor, heading to his gun that was in his jacket. Police apprehended him before he was able to get to his weapon, because had that happened... Who fucking (laughs) knows? How scary. Okay. Exactly. Uh, The police goal was to interview Sammy first, because they did did not want to give him a chance to intimidate anyone else from his crew. They felt like even him just giving someone a look would intimidate them, because, I mean, you looked up the picture. He's scary looking. Yeah,
0: he does look very scary.
1: So they were able to interview him within 30 minutes of arresting him. Normally, I guess it does not, it's not that quick. They usually let people mm-hmm. sit and they kind of come up with a plan, but they'd been coming up with a plan for months. So they wanted to get right in there. So Sammy was told he was being charged with one count to distribute a dangerous drug. He had no idea that the police department had been listening to him. Oh, okay. So they, he thought that he just got caught with the trade Oh, like the initial? buying okay. the drugs yeah but he didn't know that they were listening to him okay the federal agents were brought in finally arizona did a they wanted to keep the feds out of this investigation until they absolutely needed them because they felt like they would the feds would take over and it might not have gone as seamlessly as it did um and they also didn't know who to trust because you know in the calls that were tapped sammy was talking to former fbi agents that were working with him like they they wanted to keep it as small as possible because they didn't know if there was someone that was you know kind of like a double agent yeah so the the feds were very embarrassed because they gave uh sammy a really good chance they you know it was called a once in a lifetime deal he got a year because he flipped on an entire family and was you know pretty much a year for 19 lives is what he got So the feds felt like something had been pulled over on them. So they went really hard on Sammy. Um, Sammy had, at the time of kind of growing this drug ring, been very happy to give his crew advice. He really liked to live in the glory days. They knew who he was. He didn't keep it a secret. They knew he was Sammy the Bull. And he would talk about how to get away with crimes, how to get away with murder so that you wouldn't be the one. So if they needed to murder someone, they could like he pretty much gave them a dummy's guide to being a mobster okay. and he also told them how to get out of prison time and the number one okay. way to do that is to flip and turn someone else in so about four members of his crew took a page from his book Came and flipped and on and him. Bit
0: him right in the ass yeah
1: it did <laughs> so sammy was charged with 20 years with the feds and 19 years concurrently with arizona for his drug charges. Um, his son was charged with nine years. His ex-wife and daughter were given several years of probation. And also at this time, his daughter Karen had a daughter, <laughs> and her boyfriend was one of the men that flipped on her dad. Awkward. So her kid lost her grandparents and her
0: parents, all in one raid. That was probably common, though. I'm assuming a lot of them were actual family, mm-hmm. not just we family. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like the cake boss, doesn't he say something about your family Yeah. Or your family yeah. Or <laughs> like that. Um, yeah. Another Italian. Uh, <laughs> Carlo, Carlo. <laughs> I tried really hard um, for that
1: name with Craig. I think Carlo is an amazing name, but he said no. I think he's gonna I do like Carlo. I know. I think he's gonna like shoot down anything that ends in a vowel because he knows it's like Italian.
0: <laughs> I also don't mind Salvatore either. I, either. I think that's a very regal yeah. name. You know, Sal not sammy because i'll think of this <laughs> i'm gonna call him Salvatore. i don't know there like you sale. go <laughs> <laughs> unless he's like 90 you know like 68 years old then well he then he could be himself Sal. yeah yeah, right, right. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah i mean i would think that was that would be common that they lose multiple persons of their actual mm-hmm. family and when this would happen yeah yeah and what
1: what they i don't think i think what's not thought about because like women are not we're not allowed like necessarily in the mob there are a handful of women that were and that was usually taking over for like their husbands that died and like that was a very persuasive person to do that but so like it, on the back burner like there was always a woman to take care of the kids um and family members and stuff like that but like this type of drug ring like they really fucked themselves because there was no one left <laughs> to well, it's
0: like a good gang like you said yeah. literally like a
1: yeah yeah but then their you know their kid is fucked when they don't have anywhere to go which i'm sure happens a lot to anyone who goes <clears throat> anyone who has you know pa- parents that go to jail and stuff like that so yeah they got probation sammy served 19 of his 20 years and was released on September 18th 2017 okay He's 76-year-old, 76-year-old now, 76 years old. <laughs> that was hard. <laughs> and he it has recently, I think he, I can't remember if he had to do a halfway house in between. He might have. But I think, because Karen oops, Karen Gravano was on Mob Wives when we were in high school. So like the 2008 to 2011, okay. it ran for a, couple, a handful of years it was a bunch of women who were associated in the mob um, lifestyle. So a lot of husbands, parents, or I guess fathers, uncles that were in jail. And Karen was one of the the women that started from the beginning. And she had the probation and everything, but she talked about at the time going to visit him in jail and stuff like that. And then the mob wives kind of stopped running because it ran for a while. I think it ran for like six Mm -hmm. seasons um but there is now a new show that karen is on and it's the uh family of the mob and i started watching that today after i got done because i was itching to watch something (laughs) mobby since mob wives has been out of my life for like 10 years (laughs) and he's on that show and he for the first time ever showed his face um publicly after prison
0: do you think that's a safe choice I'm sure that, that there are people who are still pissed off at him oh
1: oh yeah like they in the inner in one of the the second one that i watched that was the mug shot um there were women who were family members you know a, a girl spoke about how sammy killed her dad and it upset her and that they actually had a closed funeral so that sammy couldn't come and give them a gift and do his remorse thing um another woman her brother was shot and I mean this is just how morbid I think the like lifestyle of like mob is she she goes he was shot five times thank good uh, she said the only good thing is it was in the back of the head so we could still have an open casket and it didn't mess with his face
0: okay
1: (laughs) yeah so there are really mad people but I think like he's not living in New York he's in Arizona still and they, they kind of keep where they live under wraps. They don't show, like, anything outside of, like, really their backyards when they're in Arizona. So I think they're still, like, pr- he's still protecting himself. But also, like, I wouldn't really fuck with him. The man knew the FBI was raiding, or, I mean, the SWAT team was That's raiding true, his house and he was still trying and to get a gun. especially at, like, 70, <laughs>
0: something years old, he really, he really probably doesn't give a fuck.
1: Yeah. So he claims that he's trying to. You know, make a business for himself. He wants to leave something for his kids and his grandkids and leave a legacy. So he is actually, he's working on his second book. His first one he wrote while he was in jail for the first time. Um, call, and it was called like Underboss. He has a podcast and he has a YouTube channel. And it is all about the lifestyle. And he is actually coming out because for a long time he was this, you know, he was the one that flipped. And he was Sammy the Rat. And not Sammy the Bull, and he is trying to speak out about how he was being set up more so. He still did the crimes, but he's trying to point, how, show how he was being set up to take the fall for a long time. And he's trying to clear his name that way by pretty much just degrading the other boss that took over. The rest of them, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, so pretty much throwing the entire Gambino family under the bus again. <laughs> hmm. There's also, he has alluded, that he is working on a scripted show with some higher-ups in Hollywood. Hmm. And Karen has also written a book. And Karen has started, um, I think it's a jewelry line. She's pretty much like hit the ground running. She has a pizza place in um, New York that is mob-themed.
0: Of course, (laughs) yeah. Gotta stay on brand.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and her daughter is actually on the... um, family of mobster as well so and her daughter is in college now so she's kind of opening up about how it affected her having her family taken from her at a young age interesting. so interesting so i don't know like these these guys are kind of getting idolized yeah <laughs> which i mean we don't want to idolize murderers and sammy's murderer and just because he's a mobster and he lived a, like a little bit of a lavish lifestyle that was a little bit more flashy doesn't mean that it's okay right but i'm obsessed with mob wives so i will watch it and i will watch this mob family but that's just because i'm a trash reality tv addict
0: a junkie yeah yeah i uh, i don't think i like him from either perspective i like he's a rat if you're if i'm looking from like the and he is a fucking rat like he just sound, like and he sounds like he's just trying to like uh, i mean again you're staying on he's trying to save himself well yeah but even like now just like trying like having pizza th- i mean i know it's not him but like having mob themed pizza places like it just he just seems like i don't know i just don't like him so anyway
1: yeah <laughs> one wanting to come out with his story and it's like well you already wrote a book what else is right there to what a-
0: talk about are you gonna you go know? in detail like are you gonna name these people you know what i mean like what else are you i mean
1: he already did oh, yeah he took the whole family down Like, there is no, I mean, I can't say definitively, but, like, there was no Gambino family after he did his testimony. Everyone was arrested. Hmm. I think that, you know, the the number one thing, like, with this stuff is, like, you deal with it on your own. And, like, if you want to say you're part of the lifestyle and you want to be a gangster and you want to be this mob guy and this hard ass, like, you broke the cardinal rule. Right. You tattled. Right. (laughs) Like, (laughs) to get yourself out of trouble, which, I mean... You know, if he can say that people should expect to be killed because they went into the mob, then he should have expected to go to jail because he was a higher up who was planning murders.
0: And following through with them. Right, right, right.
1: Yeah. So if it's the victim's fault for breaking the rules that he had to kill them, it's his fault that he broke the rules and ratted everybody out.
0: Yeah. I just, like I said, (laughs) I just don't think I like him from either perspective. So... Mm -mm. Okay. Where are you going to put in our pictures this week? Because there's no good guy. I don't know. <laughs>
1: I know. And we don't want to do... Murderers.
0: Well, I mean, if you want to put him in...
1: You know. I would... Yeah. So... I don't know. And that's something, too. Like, he murdered people. He's a very bad guy, but for whatever reason, Mm -hmm. like, the fact that he's associated with the mob, he, like, it's almost lighter than, like, a serial killer who killed 19 people. Right, like, it's okay. Yeah, like, like, it it was his job. Like, like any other career. And so that's, like, what's, like, fucking with my brain. He's a bad guy, but he's getting idolized and, like, they're making these reality shows, and I've watched them for a very long time. And, like... (laughs) and like you know and part of me is like some of the core stuff that they say is like the core of being Italian like loving your family no matter what and no matter what happens like they you know someone fucks with them they fuck with you like it's not the healthiest mentality but it's also not like a horrible mentality like I I love that my loved ones know that like I'm there (laughs) no matter what you know but I'm not as extreme as, like, I'm going to take a hit out on someone or plan a murder or whatever. But he he's a murderer. He is. <laughs> but it's almost lighter mm-hmm. because he was in a mob. I don't know. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't know if it makes I sense. Do, no,
0: I, I – I yeah, it does make sense. And I kind of get that. Like, I got that vibes. The fact – I mean, when I was looking through his pictures, I saw that their new show. I saw those, like, promos. And it's, like – it really is, like – they're making it fine they're making it like some like a flashy thing to like brag about almost that he like did Mm -hmm. these things when a a lot of people's lives were probably like really affected by Mm -hmm. him. you know yeah
1: but then too like the families of those people are they're upset and they're hurt and they're sad but they're also almost like expecting it
0: It just you know what i mean it doesn't sound like a Sounds like a stressful way to live your life. (laughs) Right? You can't trust anyone. Like,
1: at all. Like, even in the mob wife stuff, these women didn't trust anyone because they didn't know if it was someone trying to get intel on their spouses that were already in prison to try to give them more time because that, like, happens Mm -hmm. a lot, too. People come forward after they're not scared and a boss is in jail and they'll just start, you know, ratting people out. And, yeah, it's... It's so weird because I'm so interested in this and it's so and I think it's like just so interesting to see like a culture kind of originating in America around violence mm-hmm. right. <laughs> and like having each other's back like if we could just do the having each other's back and like being there as humans for each other that would be cool and I feel like our country would be in a better place right now <laughs> but like <laughs> then there was like the murder and like the gambling and the prostitution and <laughs> all of that. The drugs. Yeah. Yeah. So then it's like not good holy shit so yeah this is sammy the bull gravano and th- a look into the gambino crime family good job
0: wow thanks <laughs> i like i said i'm just like a little speechless because like <laughs> the only thing i inherited from my genealogy was like that i have wide hips and a large stomach because My body is ready for a famine, like that's what you know what I mean. Like that's all I got, so like it's just um, I
1: got hot head and ready to like fucking try to fight, even though I probably wouldn't be good at it.
0: Yeah, I just am speechless. Good job, thank you for, I thank you for telling me that. I uh, like I said, I I just learned about the bananas just because I was listening (laughs) to, to this podcast about these senators that were missing in Alaska and, mm-hmm. and they somehow got connected to this family that's what I mean um,
1: well and that's something too so the tax task force
0: in like the
1: 60s 70s 80s when like the mob was like really big and kind of like out and like publicized these task force would have like 30 to 40 agents on a specific family and Mm -hmm. there was like a certain spot of the fbi that was really just focused on these mobs and it wasn't just italian it was irish it was russian everybody and now they in the one of the documentaries they did the research there are three agents per mob Um,
0: but there's like still need for those agents like there are still families that are yeah doing their mobly duties yeah
1: yeah well, you remember our tumbling coach, Anthony, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. long, long time ago. So he was from New York and he was Sicilian. And that's what something we would talk about while I was waiting in line. He, I, I feel like had some ties because he would kind of say things and then go, oh, hmm. <laughs> and stuff like that while we were talking. But he would talk to me about it and he goes, it drives me nuts because, pe- you know, people in New York say that the mob's not there. And it is, it is, it's just they're, they're hiding now. And even Sammy said, like, there's still the mob. They're just not killing because the sentencing for killing people and, like, all of these crimes that they used to do have gone up over the years. So they're being more sneaky about what they're doing. So it's, like, almost like it was underground, and now it's, like, Earth Core-level underground.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. So,
1: like, the mob is still a thing. There are still families running and doing stuff and all of that they're just not as open with it as they were because they probably saw what happened to the guys that were you know flashing right. around that they were mobsters
0: wow so yeah just yeah, like yeah.
1: gangs yeah so now you're gonna be i mean we're in you know small towns in colorado there i would be surprised if there were mob affiliates
0: that i really know so unless, <laughs> <laughs> unless it's you i think i'm okay. <laughs> was there a scottish was there a scottish mafia it's not. if not i'm gonna create
1: one <laughs> i'm sure i think honestly there was a mob in every like culture that came to america if there was a neighborhood and a borough for it there was yeah but the there scottish was mob. went
0: south they didn't go north with all you guys where'd they go to tennessee they did mm-hmm. oh i don't know
1: i've actually i'm you know i'm not scottish i never looked into it We're gonna get Leslie on the mob train. She's gonna (laughs) look into the Scottish backwoods mafia. I mean,
0: they're probably psychopaths too. But anyway, yeah. Wow, good job. That was really uh, thank you. Blew my mind on a lot of things, things that I had never (laughs) known about.
1: Yeah, it's kind of weird. Like that trips me out too. Like the things that you just like know as a person, just because and like I didn't realize that other people didn't like know about this stuff Well, yeah. <laughs> as like curriculum in their heads that they just knew <laughs> well,
0: yeah yeah I mean that because it's like you said it's like a culture thing like I mean we didn't mm-hmm. that's, that's not my culture we just like to to river dance and <laughs> play the bagpipes yeah exactly plants and worry and potatoes, about famine like that's pretty much it <laughs>
1: now you're gonna have to look into it i bet there's some like crazy stuff with the scots as well (laughs) good job (laughs) claps for amber thank you very much that was sammy the bull gravano and i guess keep an eye out for his next book and
0: podcast i probably won't but if someone else does let me know how it is (laughs) All right, Lou, do you have a clue for us? I do. And we're doing a complete 180. Um, the clue for this for next week is that they thought they were just going out to dinner. Thought they were just going out to dinner. Sounds
1: ominous. <laughs> <laughs> All right, friends. Well, that's the clue. You guys have a good night, and we will talk to you next episode. We'll talk to you then. Bye. Bye.
0: The Grim Mystics was written and produced by Amber Skribbick and Leslie Gregg. Cover art was done by Leah Taylor. The Grim Mystics theme song was written and produced by Bear and Abby Golden.
1: You can find us on Instagram at The Grim Mystics.
0: You can also follow The Grim Mystics on Facebook at The Grim Mystics.